This is a game day. And so I, I'm just, I'm just, I just began to think yesterday, I, I wonder if the 2015 season of the NFL will exceed the 2014 season. So I just looked up some stuff. According to the Nielsen Company, the 2014 regular season in the NFL reached 202.3 million unique viewers. That means 80% of all televisioned homes in the U.S. tuned into an NFL game. That means that 68% of the potential viewers of the United States watched an NFL game. It means that 17.6 million viewers per game watched an NFL game. I, then I, this morning I thought, you know, golly, that's a lot of people going to NFL games. Then I wonder, what does it cost? What does it cost a family of four, on average, to go to an NFL game? So if a family of four gets tickets, get, they got to get hot dogs and a Coke, you know, that kind of thing. Good guess. A little high. It averages about $600 for a family of four. <coughs> but look, look at, I mean, how, now, you go from the NFL season to, well, there's, there's church on Sunday. So 39 to 20.4% of U.S. citizens attend church on a weekly basis. That means 123,435,000 down to 64,566,000 attend church each week. The average attendance of the church in America is 180 people. Now, when you put that together... It, it won't make a lot of sense because you can't really see the game day stats. But the, the, length was, the length is the length of the season. So you can't even make it out because we're dealing with millions. The length of the NFL season is six months. The length of the church is, we're, we're a 12-month game, you know. So here's, here's the viewers, attenders, viewers. Within six months, the NFL has, you know, twice as many viewers as participants in the church. And then the per game, NFL has 17, almost 18 million per game. There's a little line there for the 180. And then I didn't, I didn't look up like the average, what does the average family of four contribute to the church on a weekly, weekly basis, but I don't think it's $600. So I started to think. And I came to a real, this is a very profound conclusion. More people in America view the NFL than attend church. Pretty profound, isn't it? <laughs> you probably didn't know that. But then I, then I wondered, you know, what is it? What is it that makes the NFL more attractive than church? 
What do they got going? I mean, think about it. I mean, there's not that many people playing the game. It's people watching the game. So again, it's not like, you know, it's what, what is it? So then, then I started just thinking about what is, what, is the, what is a game? It could be football, it could be soccer, it could be basketball, and not just football. But, but there's some concepts that maybe are a part of the NFL game that may be kind of maybe missing, like, from our face. I just wondered. These are all, they're, they're all verbs. They're all ideas coming out of what Paul is going to communicate to us in the letter of Philippians. You know, where, where is like playing by the rules? Where does that fit? Contending. Opponents. Struggle. Victory. Defeat. Where are those components in our faith? I, you know, I, I couldn't help but think I'm thinking, okay, NFL football... I played football in high school. I was a pretty good high school football player. But, you know, I don't remember any of the scores. Now, probably that's because we didn't win much. But leaving that aside, you know, what I remember most is the camaraderie ship being on a team. And I remember the struggle, the blood, the sweat, the tears. That's what I, wa- that's what I walked away from with Texas high school football. Then I began to wonder, you know, if we don't... If, we, if that's not in our faith, blood, sweat, tears, team, score, if that's the, those, then our faith, maybe our faith is just not quite as exciting. And so I'm, that's where I'm going. I'm just wondering, what, what did Paul in the first century church experience when there was no NFL? that maybe we could begin to experience together today. So Philippians chapter 1, verse 27 to 30. Live in such a way that you're a credit to the message of Christ. Let nothing in your conduct hang on whether I come or not. Your conduct must be the same whether I show up to see things for myself or hear it from a distance. Stand united, singular in vision, contending for people's trust in the message, the good news, not flinching or dodging in the slightest before the opposition. Your courage and unity will show them what they're up against. Defeat for them, victory for you, and both because of God. There's far more to this life than trusting in Christ. There's also suffering for him. And the suffering is as much a gift as the trusting. You're involved in the same kind of struggle you saw me go through on which you are now getting an updated report in this letter. So as I draw from that and try to connect it with this bigger picture of what's attracting of our life, you know, we do have a field of play. Our faith is being played on a big field of play. It's all of life. Whether I am alone or whether we're together, whether I'm at home or whether I'm public, whether I'm shopping, whether I'm getting gas, whether I'm in school, whether I'm at work, that, that whole thing is our field of play. 
That's the field of play for our faith. And there, there are boundaries. God has established boundaries. I mean, that's part of any game. There's got to be boundaries. And there's rules. God, there, there, God's established life with good rules. We can disagree with what referees, the kind of the calls they make, but you know, there's still rules. That game is being played because there's rules. People are following them. There's offense. There's defense. There, we, we have in life, sometimes we're on the offensive. Other times we are defending. We are players, but at the same time, we also are, are we're observers. And then when you think about what the author of Hebrews said, there's a cloud of witnesses. It's like he's describing this grand stadium and, and these witnesses, the people before us, they're watching us. It's our turn to be on the field and they're watching And the score, I love how the, how the what, I, what I would consider the, the score. We score. Our team scores when anything new breaks into the old. When anything that Jesus wants to do to move this planet toward all things becoming new, that's a score. Now that can be that initial time where a person trusts Jesus and they become a new creature. And that's a, that's a really important time. I'm very grateful for that time in my life. But that's not the only thing that becomes new. So that once Jesus begins to have a people that enter into a relationship with him and we become new in Christ, then my friends, everything we become involved in, everything that we touch, everywhere we go, classroom, work, family, every relationship, we now become instruments for introducing that which is new into a fallen world. We're part of everything becoming new. That's a score. Anytime we begin a, a new behavior, that's a score. Anytime a relationship that's broken is restored, that's, that's, a, that's a score. The newness of life, the newness of creation, that's a score. That's our field of play. And we are facing opposition. But as we face that opposition, let's stand united. I mean, we're, we're, we're the team. Come on. Uh, you know, put your hands in here. Come on. I mean, those are great. All, guys, any guy that plays, those are wonderful. You know, when you're in a huddle, you know, you Getting, you're close, you know. You're sweaty, all that kind of stuff. You break. That's a. I mean, does that sound silly, or is that? I mean, I mean, that's just me. I mean, I have great memories of that. I also remember the time we went break, and I thought, oh my gosh, I forgot. I forgot to play. So I made my my up a play. <laughs> Coach didn't like that. Stand united. Singular in our vision. In no way intimidated by the opposition. Now before we talk about the opposition, I recalled Adam. We had the good fortune of Adam being on uh, the unicorn team, one of the unicorn teams that went towards state. Now I'm telling you, for a family, being, having a high school football player in Texas, and that team is moving toward the state finals, 
mean, that was pretty incredible. That was really exciting, getting on those buses every week. And then they finally made it to the state finals, and they played uh, Texar. Was it Texarkana? Yeah, Texarkana. And I could, all those guys came back and said, those, they, they, were like, they were like men. <laughs> they were so intimidated by all those guys had whiskers. We didn't have whiskers. <laughs> it was hilarious. They were, they were totally intimidated by the opposition. But they still played a good game. You see, our, our opposition, it, it's anything that opposes the new. We all, I mean, all of us get stuck in a rut. We're not immune from that ourselves. But when, when we realize that we're, we live in a world and the systems are in place, and when you and I begin to follow Jesus, and you and I begin to enter into those systems, and we're introducing something new, we begin to face opposition in big ways. Again, the bigger scheme of things, there is the ultimate enemy who wants things to remain as they are. He wants the captives to remain captive. He wants the broken to remain broken. He wants the rebellious to remain in their rebellion. And you and I are introducing the way out so that the captives are set free. That the rebels... In the rebellion, and the broken are healed. And you're not going about doing that, whether that, again, that's at home, whether that's in our neighborhood, whether that's in the schools, whether that's in our business, whether we are participating in our political system. It, I mean, baby, we face opposition. But one of the reasons we don't need to be intimidated is we got a great coach, and he's a player coach. He's on the field with us. He's been on the field with us. And he guarantees us victory. There's going to be a struggle. We may lose a few <laughs> before we get to the, the goal line. But we're going to get to the goal line. We will win this game because of our coach. Victory for us, defeat for them. Our faith, part of our faith is about struggle. You know, it really grieves me when I read as if our, you know, that we could arrive someplace and not have struggle before Jesus returns. When Jesus returns, it's, a, it's all going to change again because the fullness of newness will come. But until then, there's going to be struggle. And we may have moments of relief, moments, but most of our life we're, we are going to struggle. And I love the way that Eugene Peterson just, you know, tr you know all, all, all of life is both trusting in Jesus and suffering. It's both. It's both and. It's not one over the other. And we got to trust Jesus. We've got to trust him that he is indeed doing what he's pledged himself to do. I am making everything new. I've started it. It will continue and it won't stop until it's done. And I've got to trust that Jesus is doing that. 
I use, I use the Middle East a lot. Maybe I use it too much. But, but for me, when I look at the events of the Middle East, I rarely see there's something new there. I see the old again and again and again and again. And I see the destruction of the old. I see people being killed for senseless reasons. So I rarely see the new. But I know that Jesus is, there's going to be a new day for both Israel and the Palestinians, that Jesus has said it. I believe it. I've got to trust him. And sometimes suffer what suffering for Jesus means, it just simply means that there are people around us that resist the new and they're holding on to the old. And just as they rejected Jesus and the invitation for something new, they're going to reject us. Just as Jesus was crucified for representing the new, you and I can be crucified for representing the new. There's no guarantee that we won't be. But every time I entered a football game, I knew at some point in that football game I was going to get hurt. I was not that big. I, you know, people said, well, you were, you were fast. I was fast, but I was fast for one reason, because I didn't want to get hit. <laughs> So I avoided pain by learning how to avoid the big boys that were coming after me. But they always got me, one way or the other. Always got me. So there was always pain. But you know, <laughs> at the end you didn't feel that pain. That's what our faith is like that. It's like we're in this struggle. And yeah, we get pounded, we get hit. The worst hit I ever got was from my own teammate. I was fully extended, about to intercept the pass, and a linebacker just careened me backwards. I mean, knocked everything out of me. My own team member did that to me. And yet, by the end of the game, <laughs> yeah, hugging each other. I don't know if we won or lost. I just remember, that really hurt. Mike Pena, I remember his name. Someday, when he least expects it. But so, see, I've got these memories in my, in my head. And they're connected with the emotions of my life. And I'm thinking, man, maybe it, maybe it seems like maybe it's silly, but there's some way that we have got to capture within our faith the idea that we're in this game and we are on the winning team but it's a, it's really is a battle and i'm wondering if you and i begin to live that way you know we might still tune into an F nfl game occasionally but you know we might begin to invite others to come along with us and, and I, I, the, maybe, it maybe it sounds too trite to say to, to play the game. I don't know if that, maybe that doesn't really communicate very well. But it, what we got is not about sitting in a room. It's not about sitting in a room and having good coffee and good snacks. It's not about singing wonderful songs. It's about living life well. Because we're following Jesus. And he's making everything new. And so we gather together. Maybe this is our pep rally. I don't know. 
Maybe this is the time where we get ready. I mean, the game on, baby. We walk out of this game on. We've entered the game. And we want to play it at our best. And we want to do it together. Not alone. And we're going to get knocked down. But hopefully we'll pick each other up. Some of us are going to get bloody noses. Okay. Some of us are going to get bones that are broken. Okay. We're in a struggle that's well worth it. The suffering, if we can embrace that the suffering of this life is as much a gift as the trusting, we are an unstoppable team. So my question to us, who can embrace trusting in Jesus and suffering for Jesus? Who can embrace that? Who wants to be on that team? Please stand. If you want to be on that team, just please stand. You know, it's easy to celebrate our victories. I mean, it's a celebration. You know, Matt and Katie engagement, that's a, that's a celebration. That's easy. So I don't, I don't, I don't think I really want us to just, we, we, could, shout, we could share where our victories are. But really what I want to ask you just for a moment is where are you struggling? Where, where is life hard right now? What are the circumstances? Because I think that our tendency just as human beings is that we want that to stop. That we want the way out. And I really believe that what God is saying to us through the Bible and the Holy Spirit is, it's not going away. But I'll be in it with you. And not only will I be in the struggle with you, but I put you on a team with people that will be in that struggle with you. We're not going to allow each other to go through a difficult time alone. We're not going to do that. So, again, we're a small enough group. I think we know each other well enough and we can trust each other, I hope. But if you just sense that today, like the struggle for you today is just too much and you need help would you just raise your hand? Okay. Steve, could I invite you over here? Matt, could I invite you over here? Anybody else? Katie? Anyone else? Okay, Jerry.
Come over here, Jerry, please.